0: Boston College may have their toughest opponent of the year on Saturday against Wake Forest. We're going to start to preview the Demon Deacons. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for all of you who have made Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning. Whether you're going for a ride, whether you're going to work, whether you're doing dishes, I want to know let you know that I appreciate all of you that have made us part of your daily listening. Now, on today's show, we're going to kick off our discussion on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. It's a shorter week because we will not have a show on Thursday for Thanksgiving, but we'll give you a bit of a preview of the Demon Deacons and what we could expect. On Saturday, we're also going to look at the coaching carousel, which has been spinning out of control. We talked a little bit about where Jeff Halfley falls on that, but there's some interesting uh, openings that do affect Boston College and some of the uh, players that have been around BC. Uh, so we want to check those out as well. And then finally, I haven't done a great job of covering basketball on this podcast because we've been talking football so much. So I'm going to get into the basketball games and some of the hockey stuff that's going on, including uh, some of our first COVID delays of the season. So Wake Forest. Wake Forest was a team that looked like a team of destiny heading into the last month of college football. They were a top 10 team. Dave Clawson was one of the most popular coaches in college football as they looked incredible. Their offense was humming. You know, they had 70 points against Army, 40 points against Syracuse, 37 points against basically Florida, uh, Louisville, Florida State, Virginia. They were scoring at a rapid pace. Then... They got into a battle with UNC to start off November. They got 55 points, but they let up 58. Their defense, as we've seen all season long, has been a major issue for Wake Forest. They let up 42 points to North Carolina State and then 48 to Clemson. So Wake Forest comes in a team, with two, a team of two halves, basically, right? On the offensive side of the ball. They are, without a doubt, the best offense Boston College has played all season. That's not even a question. With A.T. Perry, their leading wide receiver, with 52 catches for 1,000 yards, and then Jaquari Robertson with 57 catches for 953 yards, both of them combining for 19 touchdowns. They are going to be a hard uh, passing attack to stop. And on top of that, you have Sam Hartman. Who up until again the beginning of November was a Heisman candidate. I don't think he is anymore, but he has 31 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and 3,400 yards. You know, Wake Forest plays that. If you re- if you watch them play, they play a very um, deliberate uh, run-pass option. Uh, you know, with the with the option being very slow. If you watch Hartman, he kind of like holds it an extra second based off of what he do- wants to do, and that kind of that could be a challenge. And I know it's hurt BC in the past. So this offense they're they're going to be a major issue. For Boston College who has let up points to Louisville, to Florida State who have struggled to contain faster quarterbacks. They you know, he, they get to the edge or they do things like, you know, move the pocket around and then get BC in space. This game could be a major problem for BC's defense. I you got to hope going into this matchup that they get Josh DeBerry back because he adds a a dimension to this defense that is going to need any chance that they can get. Now their offense is number four in the country, averaging 43.1 touch uh, points per game. They're only behind Pitt, Alabama and Ohio State. So you could see that this offense is going to be a major issue for Boston College. Now, the defense, let's go on the other side of the ball because their defense is really porous. They allowed 449 yards per game. That's 111th on defense. And in terms of points, they have allowed 30.8. Which puts them at 92, but that doesn't really give a full picture of how poor their defense is. Because you have to put in, they only allowed 10 points to an Old Dominion, not a very good team. Norfolk State had 16 points, not a good team. Duke had 7 points. So they really kind of, you know, it, it wasn't an accurate portrayal of how they play. So if Boston College's offense struggled against FSU, this game could be more like Georgia Tech. Where BC's defense is going to have to make some plays because the offense it looks like they'll be able to do some things. They're going to be able to throw the ball. They're going to be able to uh, get some points on the board, which should you know ease some of the um, issues that we saw against Florida State. They don't have the defensive playmakers that the Demon Deacons, I mean, sorry, that the Seminoles had. And their pass defense is also uh, pretty poor, too. They've allowed almost 240 yards per game, which is a little better than Georgia Tech. I mean, much better than Georgia Tech, but still not very good. So, can boston college go into this game can they score points and fix something you do not this is a game where they cannot come out slow what you saw against florida state you cannot do this against wake forest because before before you blink they'll be up 21 nothing that's that's how fast wake forest can score points and they need to be able to make some stops and they got to be able to control the ball will they be able to do that We'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be a big challenge. BC goes into this game a five-point underdog. I mean, I want to see Boston College get their first ranked win. This is going to be a really tough game for Boston College, and I'm not sure they have enough to do it. In a moment, we're going to talk about the coaching carousel because there's some interesting moves that have been going on, and that carousel is about to go into warp speed. But before we do that, all right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. All you have to do is you pick players from the major f- Power Five conferences and some players you maybe you've not heard of. They allow you to make of any prop you can think of, from yards to touchdown and even interceptions thrown. When you pick, you can pick two to five players, the over and under on their projections. There's a million different things you can pick between passing yards, rushing yards, interceptions. You name it, they have it prize picks has their award-winning app on the google store and on apple iTunes. you just need to download it make your first deposit they're going to give you a hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars when you use promo code locked on again use promo code locked on for the hundred percent uh bonus up to a hundred dollars Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. I've used it. You can make an entry really quick if you want to. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Remember, don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. In our first segment, we talked about Wake Forest. I'm going to flip the script here and talk a little bit about uh, some of the coaching... Uh, positions that have opened up in the last year, uh, it, last couple of weeks. Excuse me. It's it's been a crazy coaching carousel, and it's only going to get big, busier. I mean, there's a week left in the season. There's a bunch of teams that still could make decisions uh, to fire their coach as this as the year ends. But right now, there are so many open. And let's first kick it off. You know, I'm not here to rip on UMass. I promise you, this is not my rib on UMass moment. But they hired Don Brown. Now, Don Brown was a former Boston College defensive coordinator from 2013 to 2015. He he was that coach you know, that started the be a dude stuff under Steve Adazio. He had a really infectious personality, good recruiter, and uh, did a nice job with reinventing Adazio's defense uh, to the point that they became the number two defense in the country in 2015. Now, after he uh, left Boston College, he ended up at... Michigan. And he, he didn't really do all that. He wasn't all that successful there. And then off to Arizona where they are just a team in rebuild. So he wasn't going to have the success immediately. Now he's back with UMass. He was a UMass head coach for a while when they were in the FCS, but um, it's a different situation now, you know, and when he was with FCS, it's a, you know, you could, you could recruit at a different level. You could build at a different level when you're FBS and you have to play teams, like you just played Florida state or Georgia You know, you know, even teams like some of those, like Midwest, like Coastal Carolina, things like that, that they have on their schedule, you have to recruit at a better level. Brown should give them a chance to improve there, but he's hitting almost seventy years old. This is not the same Don Brown that was fifty something when he was their head coach before. Um, I wish him the best because he was a great head uh, defensive coordinator here, great guy. You just got a lot. I I mean, I like this hire better than UConn. UConn hiring Jim Moore Jr. made no sense to me, but it is what it is. Um, I I like this hire for UMass. I just I'm not sure if it's going to work out for them. So that's one to keep an eye on over in Amherst. Within the conference, the other coaching hire uh, firing was Justin Fuente, who was fired just after losing to Boston College. during the Red Bandana game. He was 43-31 and 31 in his seasons at Blacksburg, and he was fo- below five hundred three three of his last four seasons. Now, this was a coach I had said at the beginning of the season was definitely going to get fired. You know, he had a terrible 2020. I, can't, I I was shocked that Virginia Tech even brought him back um, you know, he had some of those games last year. It was the Liberty game, I think, where he just completely imploded. Um, and it was it was his play calling that called it, cost them that game. Um, I, you know, I thought at first he was going to be the right hire for them, but he clearly was not. A, you know, you, Virginia Tech did a nice job of moving on. And it's a team that Boston College is going to be playing constantly, so it's worth talking about um, that they, they're going to have to find a new head coach. Now, the rumor mill has been spinning for Billy Napier, but that's also been the name floated highly for – Um, for Florida, too. The Gators uh, are really high on him. So it's going to be a battle between those two. If it's a battle between Virginia Tech and Florida, the Hokies are not going to win that battle. So he's not going to probably end up in um, Blacksburg if that is who the Gators decide on. And that's where all signs are pointing right now. If he goes... The name that I th- I have seen linked um, to to Virginia Tech that I think makes a lot of sense is Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. This is a team that has been really good. Now, some of that could be on their quarterback, uh, who's been very very good. But Chadwell is a good coach. He's a he's a culture builder there. I like what he's been able to to be to do with a team that you know was only brought up to FBS a couple of years ago. Uh, he would be a nice nice fit for them. Um, I you know, bringing Coastal Carolina into a ranked uh, team would make a lot of sense. I, I was looking at some lists of some of the other names, and I just don't see it. Like Gary Patterson, I don't think makes sense. Shane Beamer, I know that's Frank Beamer's son, but I, it's too early. I think maybe if they fail on this coaching search, you bring Beamer back. And Hugh Freeze is definitely not gonna be going to be going to Virginia Tech. I don't think that makes sense either. So, Virginia Tech is another school. I think it's worth watching. Um, And then in terms of the coaching carousel, I, I, you know, I said earlier on that this is not done. So those are the two big programs to watch. UMass, obviously, they're in the Northeast. You want to see what they can do. They're not going to be beating BC for any recruits. That's fine. Um, but, they're, you know, you're going to play them, so might as well talk about it, right? And Virginia Tech is on our schedule every year. Now, the other teams to watch for, and the decisions haven't been made yet, are Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke. Georgia Tech, we just played, so we probably won't be playing them for a while. But I, I don't see Jeff Collins making it to the end of the season. You know, they just got pasted. By uh, Notre Dame on Saturday, fifty-five to nothing, and they are, <laughs> their season's not getting any better because they got to play Georgia this week. I um, mean that offense is not going to get any points, so they have been their defense has been atrocious, their offense has been inconsistent. I could see Jeff Collins getting fired to all, uh, potentially being fired by the end of the season too, uh, so he'll be someone to watch. And then going up north to Syracuse, Dino Babers. He's such a enigma, you know. I said earlier in the season I thought he would get fired. I, you know, he just didn't seem to have Syracuse going in the right direction before this started. Then he got the season going, and he had Sean Tucker going, and you had that defense looking pretty good. They beat Boston College. They, I mean, Sean Tucker is awesome. Like he's a good quarter. He's a good running back. You're like one of the best in the country. Then everything just fell apart. They, they played a more difficult part of their season, and you know. It just, it just wasn't working. And they end the season at Pitt. That could be really ugly for the Orange. So Syracuse and Georgia Tech end the season with games that they could potentially both get blown out. If that happens to both of those schools, I could imagine Syracuse losing their head coach too. And so that'll be an interesting one to watch. Will they hire – who will they go with in, in for the Orange? You know, will probably be another – uh, G5 coach or, or a coordinator from somewhere. But, you know, both schools that, you know, BC plays, they're in their conference. Um, I think that those are B1s to watch. And then finally, David Cutcliffe at Duke. Duke is on Boston College's schedule next year. It'll be interesting to see what they do because that program is dead in the water. Uh, Cutcliffe, obviously, he's had a lot of success in his past, you know, with Daniel Jones and that offense. You know, they got, they made a New Year's Six bowl, but they have just been terrible this year. They were terrible last year. You know, he's a, a legendary head, not a lot legendary head coach, but in terms of Duke, he's a legendary head coach. But it's time for him to hang up. You know, it's just not working anymore. They need to get some new life in there. So Duke, who plays Boston College next year, could have a new head coach as well. Now, these are all going to be interesting to watch because not only are they teams that BC plays, but it'll be interesting to see if any of these programs try to poach uh, some of BC's um Assistance. So could like an Azar Abdul Rahim get poached somewhere as a defensive coordinator? Could happen, but I don't I don't think it will. Or some of these other coordinators that Boston College has. Be something else to watch for as we hit the uh the, the carousel. As I if you have not listened to yesterday's episode, I talked about Jeff Halfley's role in the car, coaching carousel and my thoughts on whether he we should uh, worry about him possibly going somewhere else and uh, my thoughts on that. So check that out. Now in our final segment, I'm going to wrap up some of the news of the week, things that we haven't gotten a chance to talk to because we've been so into football. That's something you're going to want to check out. All right, college football fans, it's Thanksgiving, and we know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has got you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one sport for all sports actions this Thanksgiving. You want to make a bet on BC versus Wake Forest? Wake Forest is only a five point favorite seems a little low to me if you don't agree if you agree with me or disagree with me head on over to bet online their updated desktop or mobile website will help you sign up today and when you sign up they're going to give you a 50 percent welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on you'll get that bonus and it's not just football bet online has pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc even your vegas va- favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. If you have not tried out Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but um, listen to me. It does not taste like one. Most protein bars are chalky, they're waxy. You need a glass of water to get some of them it down. It's just hard and gross. Not something you want to enjoy. A Built Bar is a different experience. It's soft, covered in 100% pure chocolate. When you bite into it, you know it's something that you're going to like. And I, I swear, when I eat them, it tastes like a candy bar. Another thing about built Bars, there's so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, which is my favorite. Raspberry mint brownie, cho- coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. I have a built Bar every day at 2.30. It gives me the energy I need to get me to, through the end of the day when I'm doing work. It is fantastic. This month, built Bar is all coming out with some new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website off and you don't want to check miss this out. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I want to wish all of you out there a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you get a chance to see family and friends. Um, I know last year was weird. Hopefully this year will be a little bit more normal for all of us as, you know, vaccinations are out there now and everything. So hopefully you have some time with your family this weekend. Now, this final segment, I want to go over. I, I feel bad. You know, when I record these, I go with, like, what are people most interested in? Usually it's football. So I always go with football. But. You know, Monday's episode, I just had so much I wanted to talk about with BC and Florida State that I didn't get a chance to talk about all the basketball games and hockey from this weekend. And there's even more hockey news that came out on Monday. So let's kick it off with basketball. You know, it was a bad weekend for basketball. BC started off in the sunshine, Sunshine Slam. In uh, Daytona, Florida, it was a four-team, multi-team tournament. Uh, if you had Flow Sports, you got to watch it. If you were like me and did not, you did not get to see it. And you had to kind of find clips of it to, to catch up. But BC lost both of their games. They started off against Utah. Uh, they played pretty well, uh, held their own for a part of it, but then fell apart at the end and ended up losing to the Utes. 68 68-61. And uh, that was led by Jaden Zachary, who had 15 points and two assists uh, – two steals, excuse me. You know, they, they shot better from f- three-point range. They did a little better in terms of uh, their field goal percentage. They shot decently well. It was just that they just couldn't out – they couldn't outscore a team that was shooting 47%. And so they ended up playing, and I was gulping when I saw it. They had to play URI again on Sunday and lost again. <laughs> And so, at least with URI, at least this time they didn't get blocked thirteen times. You know, they they were able to adjust, which is what you want to see. Uh, URI had two two blocks the entire game, and compared to thirteen, that is a huge improvement. So that does show you if you're you're watching those games and going, man, they're losing, but I want to see improvements. The fact that that um. Earl Grant was able to adjust their offensive scheme so that they weren't getting (laughs) blocked every time. That was good. Now, James Zachary again had 19 points. You know, he was named to the sunshine, sunshine slam all tournament team, which was good. James Carnick also came alive. I hadn't seen much of him all year. He had 15 points uh, and 13 rebounds. He, you know, he's, he'd be important. You know, if Quentin post, Quentin post struggled, you know, he had no points. He was 17, played 17 minutes. For the basketball team, again, we're going back to we want to see improvements. You know, they lost. They're now up to three losses in a row. They play Columbia on Friday. You know, you want you want to see the offense playing better. You want to see them shoot better from three-point range. They shot um, 50% in the second half against URI from three-point range. That was good. Zachary was the key there. He was hitting threes all over the place. Uh, they shot better from f- uh, free-throw range. Turnovers, they had 15 turnovers compared to – URI is thirteen, so they were right around the same. You know, again, I, as I didn't get to see the game because of Flow Sports. Who, if you're going to pay thirty bucks to watch this, uh, God bless you. But my my cable package didn't have it, and it was in Daytona, and I'm not flying to watch that game. But um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from this. You know, remember this is going to be an up and down season. I don't expect BC to be all that relevant this year, but you know, you want to see guys like Zachary play better. You want to see. Quentin Post play better, which he didn't, and you want to see Demar Langford play better, and he's struggling. That's a big one right there. Demar Langford, after starting off hot against some of those bad teams, he needs to be a guard that can make some plays, and he hasn't been able to do it. He shot against, he shot three for ten against URI. He's going to do better than that. Uh, so that'll be some things to keep an eye on. So basketball, they are now four and three. They're gonna have, they or yeah, four and three. They're gonna have. Uh, sorry, 3-3, three and three, excuse me. They're going to have Columbia on Friday. Now, hockey, they had a two-game series against Maine. Jack McBain, if you haven't watched him yet, is a fantastic player for the uh, men's hockey team. Had a hat trick in the first game, and then BC ended up winning that one 6-2. to two. The second game, unfortunately, BC tied Maine into penalty shots, in which Maine won uh, in the third shot, I believe it was, and they lose a point there. Now Maine is a bad hockey team. They are not good. They were one to nine heading into this uh, to this series. BC was kind of floundering. They, you know, they're not playing as world beaters right now. They're not playing like a top team. You needed to get four points, so three is is disappointing. It's not what you want. And so BC was going to head into this weekend and you know hopefully get some momentum. They had to play Harvard and Notre Dame, which are top two tough out of conference opponents for BC. Unfortunately. Both of those games have been postponed because of COVID-related issues within B.C. hockey. We don't know exactly what that means. As they said it was out of an abundance of co- precaution. They're going to try to reschedule those games, so hopefully they will happen. But there will be no hockey for the next week. So uh, if you were hoping to get to catch those games, they are not going to be on TV or live. So uh, hopefully whoever is impacted by COVID, I know it's been the numbers are crazy right now across the country. Um, hopefully they're okay. Uh, so that was our thoughts on that. Just a reminder, there will no be not be a show on Thursday, so if you missed an episode over the last week, this is a perfect time if you're traveling for Thanksgiving, go back and give it a listen. And if you're listening and you enjoy this as your first time, hit subscribe so that you listen to Locked On Boston College all the time because we're going to be talking BC sports five days a week for here on out. It's, it's a great time, and I, I enjoy it. We're going to have special guests. We'll have uh, other commentators like Mitchell Wolf and Eric Hoffs on here. If you enjoy this, I hope you uh, listen to us more often. I hope you all also have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy it with your families and uh, enjoy some football. I can't wait to watch some NFL football on Thursday. There's going to be some good games on. And um, honestly, I don't even know if they're good games or not. I just like watching football. So thank you all and have a great, th- great th- Wednesday and a happy Thanksgiving. Take care, everyone.